0: Welcome back to Radicalize Me, the show where we learn how to fight the power. My guest today is Yasmeen Kader. She's an activist in the Boston area. She's organized or helped out with several of the events protesting the murder of George Floyd. And she has some great insights about how to do similar work, no matter what city you're in. Quick note here, uh, you might notice that the audio in this interview somewhat, uh, sucks. When we first got on the call, she was coming through all echoey for some reason. Um, Like to a ridiculous degree on my end. So I changed some settings and it all sounded normal. But then when we ended and and I played it back, uh, we both sounded like we were shouting into the Grand Canyon. So um, I I fixed that. Don't worry, I won't make you listen to that shit. But uh, it did come out slightly below the uh, adequate... Audio quality, you've come to expect from me, uh, but everything's clear and it won't hurt your ears. I, I, she may, she may not have been wearing headphones or something. It's like you never know. It's it's like a everyone's got a different setup and shit just gets uh, wacky. We talked a bit in the interview about a few of the events that Yasmin is involved with, and I believe her next one is uh, Boston stands with Black Lives, which will start on Wednesday. June 24th at 3 p.m. in Boston Common. All right, so come on out if you're in the area. For context, I'm recording this on Sunday, June 14th, so probably like a year's worth of events will happen in the intervening time. Uh, Massachusetts has entered phase two of reopening because this country is fucking stupid. I'm still working from home, and it's going to stay that way. Whatever I have to do, they can pry my home office from my cold, dead hands. I know there are at least a handful of people hearing most of these episodes now, so um, if y'all could subscribe, rate, share, that would be great. I'm told that's how these things work. We can get a few more people listening, hearing, and uh, that would be awesome. So thank you so much if you are listening. And now here's my talk with Yasmeen Cater. <music> I reached out to you because I saw that you had um, uh, coordinated some of the recent events um, in the Boston area. Yes. Um, So what what has your role been in those cases and um, how did you go about it?
1: So it kind of started off the first one that I organized. um, I made the event right when the protests were kind of starting in Minneapolis because I was like, well, I think, you know, Boston kind of needs to like show support too. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause obviously major issue in America right now. Um, And so as I was starting to do that one, I learned a lot through that process. Um, Like I, kind of texted you. So the whole movement, especially like the Black Lives Matter movement, um, I've started to kind of realize um, a lot of people from the black community, they want to be kind of like the ones that organize that. Mm. So that was something I encountered right away was that, um, you know, is it kind of even my place um, not being a member of that community to be organizing this? And what I learned was Number one, there's a lot of interest. Number two, um, so the people that even went to that protest, I'd say it was a pretty good mix. But also the main thing is making sure that you make the focus the black community. And I do right. that through finding speakers. And the rally that I'm organizing now, I even kind of said it's kind of contingent on if we are able to get enough speakers from that community. Oh. So far, I have three for sure. And I'm in communication with a lot of different organizations. And, you know, waiting to hear back from them, because it's only been a few days that it's been up and it's the weekend. So Mm -hmm. um, that's like the major focus. Um, Another really important thing that I learned was that you need protest marshals. even if you think it's going to go peacefully, which, you know, I most do, it's something that's kind of like um, like a security thing, and it makes a lot of people feel a lot more comfortable knowing that they are there, and I've also noticed, I've seen that a lot of the protests sometimes they'll have someone drive by, that maybe will shout something, so I think marshals are also kind of there, too, to, like, de-escalate those situations. Yeah. Um, so yeah the two most important things I would say is to make sure that the focus and the center is the black community because even at the first one, I just kind of like stood there I mean I didn't really speak I didn't you know my job was strictly like organizing you know finding marshals, finding volunteers, coordinating with donors, finding the speakers, and then just kind of when the day came um, we put put everything basically almost in the hand of the speakers um, and Um, that one, I only gave about a week to organize and it was, um, like I said, at first I didn't really understand that, oh, you do need speakers. I thought like, oh, you know, you, you go, you hold sides, you chant, like you demand change. But I think that this movement I've learned too was a lot more than that because number one, it gives the black community their voice back. It helps them reclaim the narrative and it helps them, you know, tell people what actually the lives that they live and things that they've experienced. And the second part that I think is really important about having speakers is that um, I've noticed that if are reading the comments and the feedback about people that went to these protests, I noticed a lot of the people that, a lot of change in the white community too. People say, you know, that maybe we're scared to go to protests, go to a peaceful one, and, you know, they want to get more active. It makes them want to do more and want more change. Right. Right. Um, it makes people also, because like there has been little first state steps in many states of changes, so it gives them hope. But the most important thing is that I've seen a lot of people saying that they had never actually heard someone from the black community tell their story, tell about their life share their experiences so i think that it's important number one for the black community to share it and then for the white community that maybe didn't understand or realize all this to actually like hear it and i think that that has a lot bigger impact than reading it on facebook seeing it face to face um one of the speakers that i have at the next protest is amber henry and um i've been really following her story now um uh, what happened in her life and um (laughs) You know, you see a lot of people commenting that when she speaks, it's like her story, um, when she tells you what happened, like, you know, people cry and stuff like that. And that's something, you know, you can read the articles I share about what happened to her brother, but it doesn't have the same impact, I think, as hearing it from her directly.
0: Right. Um, what was her name again?
1: Amber Henry.
0: Amber Henry, okay. Um, cool. Yeah, that's great. And what what is the, the next event that you're holding you mentioned.
1: um it's on june 24th at 3 p.m on the common um we're hoping that, that we can have it on the gazebo again because i found that that has a um, much better it's much easier for more people to hear and it makes it a little bit more organized especially mm-hmm. with the big crowd um well i say hope because um i was kind of helping some people in salem and when they went to the common on salem the gazebo was closed which I guess it was coincidentally because of maintenance, but I'm just hoping that nothing happens like that in the common. Yeah. Um. But oh yeah, so it's called Boston Stands with Black Lives, and it's on okay. um, June 24th, Wednesday.
0: Cool. Um. Yeah, I think so. Did you do the one in um, uh, Franklin Park with the march? No,
1: weekend? I did the one. That, it was the day after. It was Wednesday okay. the third. Uh, um, it was scheduled three thirty to five thirty, but it went to about seven. Um and then they closed the train down and so we kind of disbanded people because we were kind of hearing like different things from the police. Some of them turned out not to be true, but that's why this yeah. time around I'm also kind of like anticipating it'll probably go till seven or later. And also there's no point to really like ask the cop anything because like I said they lied to us about three separate things. So
0: Right, you know, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen any of that happening? Like uh what we've what we've been hearing about, you know, they'll they'll say oh, it's curfew, and then, like, they close in on everybody and, and uh, start, like, throwing tear gas and stuff?
1: So I was concerned because mine was Wednesday and the one on Sunday, um, and I, like, my I had a lot of friends there, and I've seen, like, videos that they took on their phone. Um, it was, like, right at curfew. It was, like, eight thirty, nine o'clock, and they told people they had to go home, and people wanted to con- continue protesting, and, like, you know, they didn't, I think realized, like, the cops were gonna use any kind of force or anything like that. And there's one, and she's taking a knee, and then the cop takes out his pepper spray and sprays it right in her eyes, and then goes straight in the camera. So I was kind of worried about that because we had, like, you know, heard threats online where they're gonna close the streets down, or there's, they, you know, they have live bullets that they basically aren't afraid to use. So the things that they were not clear with us on, so it was posted on Twitter that the streets were going to close at two. Um, and so naturally I was getting like tons and tons of messages because people plan to drive in and park. Right. And so, um, I wanted to like be able to get them a solid answer. So I called the department. I had, first of all, I had to call the police part three times because like they were being so short, which I guess is whatever, maybe they were busy, but, um, they said, yeah, streets are closing at two. No one can drive into like in towards the common, um, You're going to have to go basically over to, like, Haymarket area, um, like, kind of far away. Like, you're going to have to either walk in or take the tea. So that's what I told people. And it was like, I don't think they ever shut the streets down, to be honest, because even during the whole protest, there were still people driving by. So that was kind of, like, annoying because I think maybe even some people got turned away because at last minute they heard they can't drive in. And then the next thing was when they said, um, okay, so there was rumors going around that they were going to close the trains again. People were nervous about being able to get in or go home because they did that on Sunday, too. They closed uh, Park Street in downtown. So I had asked them that, and they said, oh, no, we're not closing the trains down at all. So I said, people will be able to leave, and they said yes. And then it wasn't even 7 o'clock that they closed the trains down. Mm -hmm. So that was also kind of like. You know, I'm I'm telling people what they're telling me, and then it makes it look like, you know, I'm uninformed. And then, um, not only that, so then the third thing was, um, so they said curfew was seven, and it was actually still nine. So that's another reason why we kind of um, packed it up at seven was because they told us curfew was at seven. Um, You know, we seen what happened Sunday, and they had just closed the trains, so everyone just kind of dispersed. Mm. So that was frustrating, the fact that, like, and... Um, you know, it wasn't the chief police, it was just three random officers, but yeah. it's just, it's upsetting that it's like, they would basically almost, it seemed like to det- want to deter the protests, even though, like I said, it was a hundred percent peaceful from start to finish.
0: Right. Yeah. I think it's, it's been pretty clear that their goal is to discourage it in the first place, um, break it up and discourage it from, uh, you know, happening again. Um, yeah. Exactly. so it's, it's, uh, you know, that it's clear where they stand on.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I know. And it's like, you know, like, so on Wednesday, um, the cops, they had like a very, a lot of them were like smiling and laughing. Like they seemed very matter of fact. And it turned out because Thursday they were voting for like the bill where they got like their millions and millions of um, bonus increases. So I think mm-hmm. that's why they were kind of like, almost like, oh, well, what you're like. People have even said, They're like, well, if that passes, like, then this doesn't matter. But as we're seeing, Baker has already, um, I think, reallocated, was it $3 million? And he said he wants to do up to $12 million. So, yeah, it, we did make a difference. Yeah. But, you know, they also like semi-medicine when they stand there with their bats, and then you got the SWAT team in, and it's like, yeah, there's like a bunch <laughs> of people just like here, yeah. you know, voicing our complaints, like, we, the crowd was not rowdy at all, like that. Right. So that was just like it seems like overkill. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, and that that's. I think that anyone who can go in person should, because, uh, it, like you're saying, as much as you can read stuff on the internet, um, he, it's it's very impactful to go and see that they're lined up with weapons for, yeah. against you know people who. It was uh, the Franklin Park uh, rally is the one I I went to, and it 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 was. Uh, it, we, we were a little nervous the whole time because we, you know, we first yeah. walked through the park and then we were marching like, I forget what street it was. It was just like all the way down this, this really long stretch. And we didn't see any cops anywhere. So we were like, oh, they're clearly like waiting for everyone somewhere. Yeah. And we get back to the uh, Shattuck um, Hospital and they're all lined up and there's National Guard and there's prison buses. And it's like, it's insane. It's like they're clearly yeah. preparing to, to close in on people.
1: I know and uh, um at the beginning of the rally on Wednesday too um a lot of I saw tons of photos like from before the event as people are getting there and it's like just all of like the National guard like people are like you know they're shocked they're like it's like you're walking into a war zone
0: yeah and you're just going to Boston common right it's it's wild um so yeah I think it there's been a particular, kind of lack of events in in boston proper have you noticed that or, or like what do you think uh why do you think boston has had fewer than, than other cities
1: um well i've noticed that there's a lot of little, little ones so in my old event page i post um like events and there has been events uh, um at least one almost every day okay um i probably oh sorry the sound went weird for a second oh. there yeah so um I'm trying to think of, like, maybe a rough ball. I've posted at least 50 different events um, in that group, and other people have commented at other events that they find. Um, I noticed that a lot of the smaller and surrounding cities are starting to also organize their own protests and things. Um, So, like, in the North Shore particularly, Mm -hmm. um, they kind of started it off with, like, the greater Boston area. And now I'm seeing a lot in, like, the South Shore area, too. So, you know, I think maybe people are going out there, too. Um, I know things are opening up, so people are getting back to work. Because I also have been getting some people saying, oh, can you make the event later in the day? But I think an early start is better. And then, like, let it go to, like, 7. But I know, so I know there's, like, a few on June 19th because of Juneteenth. Um, And... I think some of the bigger organizations are also kind of, um, like, busy at the moment. Like, I have received, like, a lot of messages back from them. They're like, you know, we're, like, insanely busy right now. I know some people are doing online events. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it's slowed down too much yet. I know that there's been, like, a lot in, like, Cambridge um, particularly. And I think Cambridge was the first um, town in Mass to, um, it's called um, Duty to Intervene where if a police officer sees another one using excessive force, they actually have to intervene. Mm. So I think it's still moving. That's the reason, part of the reason why I wanted to organize the second one is because I also wanted to, like, keep it going, you know? Right. And uh, I also do think that when people go and they see so many other people there, it kind of, like, justifies, well, not justifies what you're doing, but it, it encourages you because you see, like, thousands of people. I mean, at the one on Wednesday... There was four thousand people said that they were interested in going, and I'd say that almost twice that at the height of the protest it was it was you couldn't even see the other side of the common there were so many people wow. um, but I think it occurred to be especially because um. You know, in Massachusetts, like, there are definitely still many races, And, I mean, I see people expose themselves from my own friend list almost every day. So I think, you know, when people, a lot of people are posting these things like the Black Lives Matters posts or, um, you know, things that happen in the news or, you know. Oh, defund the police or post about white privilege. It like can or Black Lives Matter. Uh, I notice a lot of people get triggered by that, and then they'll go and they'll leave like the negative comments. And sometimes mm-hmm. maybe someone is from a very conservative area or family, and they'll post something, and then all their friends and family will go and fight them on it. So I think huh. when you go to protest and you see that, okay, well, three thousand other people,
0: right?
1: Like kind of like you know, it, like I'm clearly not wrong here because it's almost like. Um, Uh, gaslighting in a way where it's like a lot of people are trying to almost act like there is a no problem and you speaking up is just basically annoying you know
0: yeah yeah yeah. and that's a a, um, particular there's a particular strain of that even among people who are generally sympathetic to this type of cause I think but will say stuff like oh well we need police or like oh well they should be peaceful or you know and it's like uh, I, I think there's a, a huge contingent that will miss the point, but it's it, it you know it it is encouraging to see so many <laughs> who do get it. Yeah, exactly. Um. So yeah, I saw so that you you've done a few in like the Like I always forget how small Boston actually is. Um, yeah. That's the other thing. Like uh, the other cities I've lived in are New York and Philly, which are huge and spread out. So it's yeah. like, of course, there's all these events in the city. Um, but uh, Boston doesn't encompass all of the surrounding area. Um, what what other cities have you organized in? It seems like you've done a couple.
1: Um, so I helped in Salem. I wasn't like, so the issue was in Salem, they wanted a protest to stand in solidarity with the movement. And the first thing that they faced was, well, uh, it was almost like a not in my backyard type of thing. Mm-hmm. So there was, you know, flat like, over a thousand people or something that were interested that in, wanted to go but then there was the handful that were saying also you know um, like this isn't you guys' place to organize this. Um, you guys shouldn't be doing it. Leave it to the bigger organizations. Leave it to people that are experienced. Leave it to people that have been doing it for years. Mm. But you know part of that is also you know to get that experience you kind of have to start working with it and that's how you meet those organizations it's how you learn more and also fight towards the change so um one thing i commented i was like well if people want these organizations then like just reach out to them if you know right. i mean if that's what people's issue is that it's not focused enough on the black community then why don't you refocus it get those speakers get those reach out to organizations and do something like that and i told them i was like um you know i can kind of like help you guys reorganize it if you want and uh, it was uh, it was Keith and Christina, and it was Christina Machuda, Like Keith. I can't remember Keith Robain. but they did, you know, ninety nine percent of the work. <laughs> um, okay. But it's it's that kind of a thing because even in with the PBD rally too, like I said, something similar. Like you know, reach out to those organizations. Like reach out to they have like an international fair. Reach out to those mm-hmm. people. And I also do think in the North Shore, their fight is almost a little bit different. In the North Shore, I'm from the North Shore, and racism is like very real out there it's something that people experience almost every day if you're not white so i think that a lot of the fight and the need for protests and well people kind of like the word rally or demonstration a little bit more and i think in their situation it's more of a rally because it's more about showing support for the black community that they have out there and you know telling them you know we're here for you we hear you and Mm. like your life matters and you know the North Shore does want change. So that's I think it's kind of their focus out there is hmm. trying to maybe like, you know, at least show solid, so solidarity.
0: Right. Um, and then, so you said Keith and Christina, they were from uh, black lives matter or. different.
1: No. So they were, um, they, well, I don't think Christina lives in Salem, but um, they were from the area and they were um, two people that stepped up and said, well, why don't we try and reorganize this?
0: Oh, Okay. So, Um, did you, so did you reach out to, to organizations, um, to get, to kind of get an idea for how to set it up or is more like you just worked with these people who spoke up?
1: So, um, I kind of learned a lot as I was going. Um, so with the first time I worked with Matthew, Matthew Birchfield, who had, um, some experience with organizing these things and he helped me find speakers and, um, you know, he had the megaphone. (laughs) So I learned a lot through it a little bit through him, but so when the first group gained so much attention, it was I had people almost every day saying, Oh, well, can you make um can you make it clear your list of goals? So um I went and someone helped me create like a concrete list of goals and then I posted mm-hmm. that in the description. People wanted to know about um, you know, parking, how do we get there, where do we stand? Um, do you have like a, a uh what's it called a program like uh what's going to happen the order uh, like how how's it going to go so it was little things like that that I learned that you need you need like you, those are necessary things too you need to have you know who are the speakers who are the organizations what are your goals um, what's the aim of this how's it going to go where are we going to go it's, like, all the little details that, um, you know, maybe, like, I knew in the back of my head or, like, was organizing with. Those are also kind of things that, you know, when you're organizing such a big event, you need to be very transparent with.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's um, that's uh, so important because I think, uh, you know, for uh, the idea here is for anyone listening who, like, wants to do this stuff but maybe doesn't know, like, what is that list of things <laughs> that you need to, like, have in place? What do you need to... What steps do you take to, like, make something like this happen? Um, so the first things, like like I said, the two most important, I think, is the speakers and the marshals. Um,
1: and that's why the first things I did with this was reached out to um, – it started off with, like, 10 different individuals and organizations. I probably reached out to close to at least 30 now. Um, you know, just trying to – because, you know, especially with Facebook, your message goes to, like, spam or something like that if, yeah. if you're friends so Yeah. Um, and then the second thing I did was I made a group page for Marshalls and I think we have about thirty now, which oh, yeah, is really not too bad um, and so like that but that was something that I had learned I was like, okay, like first of all you can't you need like a group for like volunteers or donors you need a separate thing for Marshalls otherwise it's gonna get confusing um, as far as organizing like I said, I just like I would advise people to be like kind of cautious and careful with it and also acknowledge that it's not always easy to. Do it on your own. Um, Even like so, a lot of organizations, they might not necessarily, it's not that they don't want to help you, but like they can, you know, give you advice or they'll, um, maybe they'll speak or maybe they'll direct you to someone else. Um, Also, I got lucky. So this time, um, Jacob Urena stepped up and said that he would help me organize it too. He's um, a director at the Order of um, St. Martin de Porres. um, And he has experience in this and then he also like he got us the endorsement too and then he's helping find speakers and he's helping with graphics and so he's a big part of this um it kind of depends also where you're organizing it 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 affects it a lot so like you know in the north shore um they they reached out to like different kind of organizations and like i said the rallies are a little bit different um I would just tell people, I I just kind of look into it and maybe reach out to people first. So I wasn't even going to create the event page until I had reached out to enough people first, but as I was reaching out to people, they wanted more information, obviously, so I created the event page to kind of have that, and then once I locked down a few speakers, um, that's when I finally started sharing it, because I didn't really want it to go around until it was official, even though I did put, like, the disclaimer, like... We, you know, we still need speakers and stuff because I know not everyone sees it. Um, right. I would say if you're getting backlash, um, like, you're probably going to get backlash either way. Hmm. Um, like, don't let it discourage you because... So I went to um, a demonstration in Medford at the um, football field out there. And that was an amazing... Like, the whole entire football field out into the track was full of people and we were social distancing they had like the um announcement system so everyone could hear over that great really good um it was so well organized amazing speakers it was like a great great demonstration but she was getting a lot of backlash people you know didn't want her to do it even with Christina and Keith like after they were doing such an amazing job there was still people saying oh um you guys should, this should be organized by um, an organization. But the thing is, too, it's like, you know, like Black Lives Matter Boston, you know, they have their plate full here. So right. those smaller towns, like Salem's kind of a smaller town, it's a lot harder to maybe try to get them to go out there. But it doesn't mean that it's not important demonstration. Hmm. So you're going to definitely get some backlash, even if what you're doing is like like you're doing everything kind of, I guess, quote, the right way, even if you're working with organizations, um, but also I would say that because it is a learning experience that to take like the constructive criticism like right. people are going to tell you basically kind of what they want and I even noticed that so like after I had put up like the program people were like really really happy with that because um, someone had posted it she was like you know we spoke this into existence you know they had yeah. asked for it and then I went and did it so it's working with the community too not just organize it organizers and certain individuals it's kind of seeing what your community wants what they don't want what they need recognizing kind of the difference and like I said I think wording kind of can be too although I don't think wording is the biggest issue because I think people are gonna get it are gonna get it and those that don't won't get it because it's the same thing how people don't like the term white privilege or like defund the police and right. they don't do any research into it. They just like hear trigger words and then they're mm-hmm. like, Oh no. And I even actually heard, um, I can't remember where I was. I think it was in the North shore. might've been at a target, um, in Danvers because they had um, a rally there too. And I literally heard two random guys. They were uh, like middle English white men, but they were like, um, Why are they, like, why are they protesting? Why are they saying protest? They should call it something else, like, if you're not actually protesting or this, that. So, it's, like, I see how the language, too, can kind of... That's why I use this time rally because Hmm. even though, like, we do have things we want to change, um, I don't know, I just... I figured it was more of a demonstration than so much of a protest because I just, like I said, my aim was to kind of just keep that solidarity movement going, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and on, to, to a certain degree, I guess you need to meet people where they are, you know, it's, it's not like putting up with hate and just like, like, you know, not yeah. calling that out, but it's like, yeah, I mean, not everyone's going to be on the exact same page about it. And if you can get more people out um, yeah, it's, it, you can um, like you're saying, I guess, message it differently to different people in different areas.
1: Well, the thing some people don't understand, too, is it's like, you know, like I had someone up until the day before my uh, the protest on Wednesday telling me to like cancel it. And I'm like, do you not see that it says 4000 people? You want to yeah. abandon 4000 people like that would be the most irresponsible thing I could do. Like there, right. there are people that are going to go no matter what, especially if you had an event up. For a week, people yeah. might not see that it's canceled, or people just save the flyer, and so they go anyways and that was actually another thing that chris christina and keith had considered there there's like you know a thousand people want to go, like they're probably going to go anyways, like it has to be organized you right. know
0: yeah, or you're yeah you're just kind of leaving them to the police
1: yeah exactly
0: um, yeah so h- how um how do you think you got so many people to come was it largely like having those like names of speakers on there like what what was kind of the uh the way like w- how does a, an event get four thousand people out as compared to one that gets ten
1: <laughs> so like i said my event was actually um i think it was the first protest that was posted um because like okay. it was the day of the protesting with the athletes i was like Boston needs to do this too Well not the not right. the booty rioting but like the solidarity, <laughs> you know um And people had messaged me, and they were like, oh, this is the first one I found. This is the only one I found. And um, I had originally made it for the Friday, I believe the 5th. And um, all weekend, there was protests and stuff. And I was like, do you think we need to move this up, like keep it going? And people wanted it for Wednesday. So I had changed it to Wednesday.
0: Yeah. Okay. And,
1: well, sharing, too, makes a big difference. Um, Like that's where i think most of the people come from is just through sharing it and well this time around too i'm expecting a pretty good turnout as i get it more um more developed um especially because this time around i have um a lot of organizations that said that they would plug the event so okay. i'm expecting like probably a similar turnout
0: yeah um yeah so a real kind of uh, kind of snowball effect i guess yeah um so Uh, what's kind of your background, and and have you done anything like this before, or was this like a wake-up call to you?
1: So, I've been to many protests, but I had never actually kind of organized one, Um, and I think that's why maybe I went a little bit blind, because you don't really realize how much goes into it until you start doing it. Um, But yeah, it it started off and it was just, it was like just like the shock, and like being fed up, and just like knowing that like enough is enough, and then Like I said, you know, you're watching all this go down in Minneapolis, and then you go on Facebook, and then you just see everyone, like, so many people that, like, don't even agree with it, or don't even think it was wrong, or they're just, like, trying to talk bad about George Floyd and other people, or, oh, don't do anything illegal, and you won't get killed, basically, and it's, like, it was just such a combination that was, like, you know, like, Boston, like, I feel like we're known for, you know, trying to fight for what's right, at least to some degree, and I was like, you know, we, you know, we need to go and we need to stand with them. And then, obviously, I wasn't the only one that thought that because by the end of the week, all 50 states had protested, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I guess it was it was really, like, the time for it because um, people were looking for it. I, it's, I, I noticed that it was um, uh, similar to right after Trump got elected. I think if you yeah. po- posted anything like... Um, you know, remotely, like, like, uh, clever or interesting about it, there, you you get, like, way more attention on social media than you usually do. So it's like everything's, like, bumped up a little bit because it was on everybody's mind. Um, and I guess that's the time to get a bunch of people to go out there.
1: I know, and especially now that, because, um, like you said, even when Trump was first elected, um, you know, whether his supporters or you know, other people wanna admit it or accept it or not. There was a huge rate, uh, wave of racism that went through the country. So yep. I'm half Arab, and like my mom is actually white. She's the white one, and she was targeted on two separate occasions, literally in 2016, right after he went into office. Wow. Um, and maybe it was 2017. Like, and it was it was this was in Peabody, and it I knew it wasn't just me. Like you see it happening all the time, and that's kind of like almost what's happened now too is that it's, um, you know, it's it's almost kind of like eerie because I've seen a post that had protesters um, from the 50s, 60s that were um, protesting against black rights. And yes. you just see like, like all the hate in their face and they're screaming and they have these ridiculous signs and they're tormenting like black children and stuff. And it's like, yeah. you think about like, now it's a similar thing has almost been like, re- caused of, like a resurgence of that because, you know, people see protesting for black lives and then you're going to have those people that want to protest against it that are like going to go and protest, um, you know, blue lives. And was, I want to say Pennsylvania, um, chief or president of some police organization. And he even like, he made like crazy derogatory statements. So it's like, you're not just fighting for blue lives. You're actively trying to fight against black lives. Right. And I think that these events have also like, um, Made a lot of racist surface, especially like like I said on my own friends list. I've seen like like five to ten people at least I can think of five at the top of my head. But I have like screenshots of more like friends of friends too that you know were basically like closeted racists. That mm-hmm. you know I've noticed. Like I said, you post so much um, so much Black Lives Matter stuff. It's like. The, I don't know why I don't get annoyed by that, but it's like people, you know, they see it all the time and they start getting annoyed and then they'll just go on like a bigoted rampage posting all these crazy comments. And it's like, wow. you know, people you would have honestly never even expected it of. Yeah. And I think another thing too is it's like, I know it's like almost cliche, but it's like just because you have a black friend or like, a, you know, black next friend or an Arab friend, oh, like I'm not racist. But it's like there was, you know, even one person it's like, yeah, you know, you grew up next to the kid. You know your families are best friends. Like you like him, but that doesn't mean that you like all black people. That doesn't mean that you're not you don't treat them differently. Like when you see a stranger, you know.
0: Right. Uh yeah yeah I had a family member say something like uh not, you know nothing like that really but it was more like uh well this one time I was harassed by a black police officer or something I'm like okay yeah, <laughs> well you does see that so have to that. do with, yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's wild.
1: Um, and it's like the thing that misses too, is it's like, you know, I, I I won't like say this so much. It's number one, no one is saying that all lives don't matter. And like, that's just like, that's off the bat. But also, um, you know, no one's saying that your life isn't hard, that you struggled. Like you can definitely have like a very traumatic or, you know, you know like haunting past, But the thing with Black Lives Matter is the fact that what's added to that is that every day when you leave your house, the color of your skin and the way you look is not necessarily affected by – your life isn't affected by those things. You know, I mean, there's, like, the circumstances with maybe if you have extreme piercings or tattoos, maybe you get some discrimination because of that. But at the end of the day, that's something you chose. Right. And it's also something – you can maybe cover up or hide or like try to reverse. You know, if you are born black in America, it's like, you know, even my own uncle said this, like he worries about his children. Um, you know, what's going to happen? Like, you know, one want to go in school in Boston. Like, am I have to worry about him coming home? You
0: know? Yeah. 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 And I think it's something that, uh, you know, even people who were well meaning before, myself included, um, it, it, it's, it's different seeing it like this starkly, you know, um, yeah. something really just like flipped a switch for a lot of us um, recently. And it's a, you know, it's a shame that what happened happened. But uh, at, at least people are are fighting back together now.
1: Yeah. And I think it was like um, all the events at once, because first you hear Ahmad Arbery and then, yeah. you know, you um, then you hear about Breonna Taylor. And then the same day that that happened to George Floyd, this lady in Central Park, like basically they called it weaponizing her whiteness. Like, oh, yeah. Like, getting on the phone, hysterical. And he's like standing there asking her not even to get near him. And uh, and then, you know, you have the, I think it was the DA or um, defense attorney. She comes up and she says, there's people sitting on Rikers Island right now because of things like that. And the only evidence they have is a hysterical phone call that's taken, um, you know, as, Evidence towards guilt um and then i think netflix also helps a lot is helping a little bit too and you know i don't know if it's just for views or money or whatever it is but i will say this a lot of the documentaries that they're posting are extremely helpful to this because even before george floyd they had posted the innocence files which that was the first look that i mean that's when i learned about how a lot of these prisons i mean everyone knows that people may you know prisons are profitable and all that stuff but a lot of people didn't know that it's you know slavery is basically allowed in prison you know i didn't know until i seen i think it was i want to say mississippi and um you know they have the prisoners like out there picking cotton in the field and the jail is primarily black men so like what do you call that you know what i mean yeah um and like, that was something that opened my eyes up too. So I think social media is making, making it really impactful. And then also things like Netflix where you can reach an audience of hundreds of million people and open their eyes up to this stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. White, white people love documentaries. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I think um, it was a few years ago, but I, I actually learned about that uh, 13th amendment thing from, um, the killer Mike song, Reagan. Uh, I don't know if you know that song. It's, it's, there's a great verse about the 13th amendment. And I was like, oh shit, I I did not know that. Um, I think
1: they played that song in the documentary. Okay.
0: Yeah. Nice. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've, you know, I've, I've seen people post about that recently who seem like they just didn't know that before. And now they're watching stuff and it's, uh, you know, watching stuff is not, the revolution but it's part of it and it really helps to um to talk about this stuff and educate people
1: yeah especially because like nowadays i mean people don't even read the article that they share they don't even read the article they don't even open the article and they'll go and disagree about it on someone's post yeah so i think like just the fact that they can sit there and watch it and then i mean so there's there's documentary called the 13th which i watched recently too and so even after, I watched the files a few months ago. And so that's where I learned that this stuff was. But you just think about it like, oh, like, okay, they're in jail. Like, you don't have rights in jail. You don't actually see the wording of the 13th Amendment where it literally says that, yeah, slavery is illegal, except if you're a criminal, basically. Right. Which is, like, I think also, like, something that's absolutely insane. And it's also one of those things that I think people are starting to question, too, like, you know, the validity of just going you know hard knock on something that was written so long ago and oh it's constitution we we can't change it we shouldn't change it and i think that's definitely one thing that needs to be amended at least
0: yeah yeah we've we've changed a lot of it it's it's not uh, not the craziest thing in the world to change the constitution
1: i know exactly
0: um yeah so well what else would you like for people to hear about about any of this um about how to get involved or or things to read, watch, other stuff you're doing?
1: So um, I think so. we had like a crazy outpour of people that wanted to donate, especially because some people are still kind of maybe a little bit wary about what could happen with the protest. So I think that's a huge help. Um, donating to online, um, I, I donated to the bail fund, um, the equal justice um, organization, um, and then... It was a third one. But, like, things like that that pop up on Facebook, you know, even, like, you know, $5 here, $5 there, $10. Yeah. Those things are help. Donating, like, supplies to um, the the protests. Like, we had, like, hundreds of cases of water, which in the middle of the summer is very helpful. Yeah. Um, going to the protests, I think, it makes a difference, too, because, you know, you have tens of thousands of people protesting on the streets. You get Baker to go and you know, go and look at things that maybe that needed to be changed. Right. Um, What else was I going to say? I guess, like, also not going and, like, maybe kind of, like, stirring the pot is a big thing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because, like, when you have thousands of people like that, like, you don't really have the most control, obviously, over all that. Um, You know, you don't need to go and, like, taunt the cops. Right. Well, there's a, like, there's a degree, you know what I mean? Like, there's a limit to things, um, you know, if you don't agree with something, like, I'm, well, this is something I'm on about because I was going to say, if you don't agree with something or if you, like, have a negative opinion, you know, maybe don't say it, but I do also kind of feel like a closet of racist is almost worse than one that you do know about in a way. Yeah. yeah. Um, any other advice? I know a lot of people are like start off and they'll just hold the sign in the street by themselves and they've gotten other people to join in because of that um so like that's that's an option that a lot of people can do too
0: yeah um it's like Greta Greta Thunberg
1: yeah you know I think also like educating yourself too is a major thing because even like a lot of people that are on the like the side of the movement and stuff like that there's still a lot maybe they don't know or understand so I think that that you can always learn more about things like that, right? Um, I think. Mm. Sorry, I'm drawing a blank. Kind of. <laughs> that's, that's
0: all right. Yeah, no, we we have a lot of good stuff here. Um, so, <clears throat> if uh, you know, if you're interested in sharing, is is this uh, w- what kind of work do you do? Is it anything related to any of this, or uh, just? <laughs> So
1: um, I just graduated and um, double major with English and anthropology and then minor in education. Mm -hmm. And so it's definitely the anthropology side that's kind of pushing this. And I can't say anything yet because I'm still, like, waiting to hear back and stuff. But uh, I'll probably be going to UMass Boston um, for the master's and the – the program I would like to do it's called critical ethnic and community studies. So it's kind of like right along these lines. And that was actually kind of excited because I was like, wow, like I'm already getting into it. So I definitely want to get a lot more into it, do a lot more join an organization. And I've had a few reach out asking me to be more involved with them. And so I would definitely, I definitely at least want to do that Avenue. Um, and so yeah, I definitely want to get a little bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, I've been to protests and stuff like that. Like I've always um, have kind of tried to raise awareness about Black Lives Matter and like other issues. Uh, also like I'm, you know very like think that the LGBTQ community yeah. that's like, especially now needs yeah. a lot of attention, like minorities and stuff like that. Like I said, I'm a Arab, so I like face a lot of, you know, kind of own discriminations growing up too yeah. so I've always kind of been like um, wanted to get involved in issues and um I'm actually kind of glad that I did organize the first one because like I said it kind of gave me the tools now to go and be a part of organizations and stuff and like keep working actively towards the change too because that was another reason I think why I launched the first one was like I want to do something like I'm, I was just so sick and tired of seeing this stuff on Facebook and sharing yeah. it and then just sitting there and doing nothing you know what I mean
0: yep <laughs> yeah, that's great. And it's great that you're um you're approaching it from the direct action side and the academic side because they they need each other.
1: Yeah. yeah, definitely. All
0: right, well, um that's that's like uh perfect. That's a great interview in my book. So if you're if there's if, you. if there's not anything else that uh you'd like to share, then uh, I can let you go.
1: Okay. I I think that's it. Thank cool. you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's good to meet you. You too. All right. Have a good one.
1: one.
0: You too. There you have it. Please check out everything that Yasmin is doing. Uh, Thank you for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and share. Um, I have a new EP coming out soon. And uh, you can find my other music at jomessina.bandcamp.com. See you next time.